Comics. Movies. Music. Video games. Technology. Blu-ray. Television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet. No GPS. No text messages. No podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Walking Dead TV podcast, episode 335. This is Russ, and join with me tonight is Aaron Newirth, Jim Dietz, and Richard Chubtold Sheldon. Hey! Welcome back. We did it. Another week. Another week we did, yes. All right. And then until there's no more room in hell. Oh, wait. (laughs) Oh, I thought we were wrapping. Okay. Jim, so we don't really have any news news, but Jim, you found something, a point of interest uh, that you wanted to bring up, so... Uh, Sexton, makers of fine uh, whiskeys and bourbons and such, are making a are coming out with a Walking Dead inspired Irish whiskey uh, to commemorate the show's final season. Uh, the parent company Proximo teamed up with Ross Marquand to release it, and there's uh, Ross is going to be the official ambassador of the official whiskey of The Walking Dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> so good for him. Wow. So. Because when I think Irish whiskey, I think zombies. Hey, man, if, if you enjoy the whiskey and the zombies, this is a peanut butter and chocolate match for you. Yeah. So, and and nice. every sixth bottle comes with a soul stone. Ooh. <laughs> nice. I saw, I saw that bit on TV the other day. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. It was the Red Skull for a little bit. Yes, yeah, for, for a hot minute. <laughs> And then didn't tell any. That was awesome. You didn't tell anybody. You didn't tell Deniger or anything. <laughs> that was that was great. Um, all right. Um, so season eleven, episode ten, new haunts is the name of this episode. Um, and funny enough, it starts out in a haunted house, um, <laughs> which I found very interesting. This episode has. Is this in poor taste? <laughs> to do a haunted well, that house. Was I was the thing. Say, I, it's a little, a little. Oh, I was just going to say, I didn't know uh, one second. I'm like, this is great. And the next second I'm like, is this just bad? But I like it. But isn't this dangerous to let kids desensitize to zombies? I think we should desensitize the kids to zombies as far as they should be used to knowing they exist in the world at the same time. (laughs) It just seems like a poor like idea of like, Hey, but we it can have still a was house cool stuff. fun. I did. I did like the uh, that Dara was all like, "Hey, let's, let's cool it down." And the guy was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." <all right." laughs> he was, yeah he's, he's like, like hey, yeah. And they and they they even have a little. He's like, "My man!" Like he just kind of gave him a look. Like, <laughs> yes. <"Yeah>, this, <laughs> I, I, I I hope this guy comes back. <laughs> yes. Yes. I hope his Something name is Cena. I hope his name is Sea Dog, and he has a long and <laughs> wonderful life. <laughs> nice. I just want to mention real quick, this is 30 days after the last episode. Yes. They've been in the Commonwealth for 30 days. Um, they, that was what they mentioned, uh, mentioned at the beginning. And uh, secondly, yeah, the zombie haunted house, that was a bit much. Yeah. 
It's like, Jim, if you were to get the zombie apocalypse and you're like, come on, kids, let's go to the, the fair and there's a haunted house. Right. They're like, you'd, you'd probably be like, yeah, this is not this is not cool. Well, especially those, I mean, those kids, right? They 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 would have been like, ah, been there, done that, right? Like, I mean, what's yeah. what's, yeah, what's they wouldn't the point? be afraid of that. Well, the little the littler one, the RJ, because yeah. RJ, he seemed like you. I mean, well, Daryl saw it too. He's like, come on, <laughs> this isn't cool. He's you're freaking about. <laughs> I mean, they still could have had a haunted house and done all of that, but you know, use ghosts or you know, werewolves. Things that aren't real, like zombies. That's what I'm saying. It just seems like it's like we have all kinds of horror options. It's weird that we're choosing zombies right now for yeah. this. It was very, it was strange. This isn't a critique of the show. It's more no, of a critique no, no, no. of the common the Commonwealth. It's like, come on, guys, like, have some tact. Yeah, they're not too far out D- outside DC. You know, I have a house of horrors. It's nothing but politicians asking for donations and sending a, you five emails a day. That's in the previous haunted house. Yeah, uh, it's a new it's, theme this year. It doesn't seem like it's really cold enough to be October either. Yeah, this episode. Oh. Well, aren't yeah, they? Don't worry. It, it's always Atlanta? it's always raining at random times in the show, so I'm sure it'll yeah. come back. Yeah. <laughs> By um, the way, I was I was taking my notes like I was writing down like the episode. And I was like getting my notes ready, so I completely missed that it was 30 days in. <laughs> so I I had to piece that together as I was going along. And I was like, okay, yeah, we, it's certainly been a while apparently since they had houses and jobs. Right. Yeah. Likewise. I kind of, once I, when we get later in the episode and it's like 33 days later, I was like, oh, I bet you when I looked away to type a, to to type a note somewhere, it said 30 days later. So see uh, Russ and I are long lost brothers. Like we have the exact, even though he's a grandfather, we have the exact same (laughs) same thing going on here. Like let's get our notes ready for the show. And we missed a crucial piece of information right at the beginning. Yeah. I even at the uh, we'll get to it at the end, but I even rolled back the end just to make sure I didn't miss something. I didn't miss uh-huh. it, but I thought maybe I missed it, so I rolled it back to make sure I didn't miss it. Um, anyway, so yeah, this whole episode had a weird vibe to it because, like, it just it was just weird, right? Because it's like we have a group of these people. It's thirty days later. We don't really know kind of what's happened in between, and just kind of. And getting a feel for where everybody's at, what they're doing, and what their place is in here. It, I, I thought I found it fascinating, um, j- just because this was like, um, you know, this is this is like all the other settlements that they've been to, except pro- you know the most well put together. Really, I mean, obviously, just like every other place they come across, there's always something insidious going on. But um, th- this one's a little more, a little less. Um, hardcore you know it's insidious in a different way that um uh, it just reminds me so much of like you know the governor like what the governor wanted exactly like this is like this would have been the governor's goal right yes, this kind of thing 100%. going on you know but if he'd gotten his uh, shit together you know right I, I think i think the reason that they kind of skipped the through the 30 days is because we've already seen what the processing is yeah, for new people coming in with princess and everything, so they kind of just saved us from having to go through all of that again. No, that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah that's not a criticism. It just it's just fascinating to just go like, boom, okay, here we are. This is where things would be if they you know kind of been here for a month. So yeah, yeah, um, it's a it's a it's a deliberate choice, obviously. Yeah. And I I'll be curious, and I hate speculating, knowing that there's another episode I could easily watch right now to confirm some of this, but it's like. Clearly, we're going to get like another side of this as far as what Maggie and Aaron and some of the others are up to, since they're clearly not at the Commonwealth. And I, right. I, I, wa- I wonder if that's going to fill in some gaps as far as 
that time jump or we're just sticking with the, you know, currently set where we are thing. But I mean, yeah, there's a bit of, <clears throat> beyond just like the process of getting into the Commonwealth. There's a lot of drama that's been skipped over as far as why Daryl specifically and Carol specifically, like two people that enjoy being loners have decided that, Hey, we're going to uproot our entire life and move to the Commonwealth because like, of Judith and RJ. Yeah. That's, well, that's for, uh, for, for, for Daryl. Yeah. Sure. Carol, I can see her doing the whole put on my homemaker persona and weeding my way in to find out more about this thing. Like you can, we have enough knowledge of these characters where we can kind of piece out some certain, certain things here, but it, but it is, you know, for the walking dead, which tends to bludgeon you over the head with all the reasoning it can. It's like, Oh, we just kind of skipped a lot of stuff here to just get us to the point, which I'm not, I'm not against because Hey, I'm happy getting to the point as opposed to waiting several weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if we would have gotten three episodes of them on their journey to, to the Commonwealth, I I don't think that would have been super interesting to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, the, uh, but yeah, the motivation, I mean, Carol seems like she's undercover this whole episode. Oh yeah. You know, she's, you know, just, yeah. you know, oh, yes, have a homemaker, but underneath it's like she's infiltrating, right? If she's, if she's Daryl, bringing out the cookies, then she's up right. to something. Yeah. <laughs> right. Trying to get Ezekiel up on the list, right? But, the, the I mean, the clear motivation for Daryl here are the kids. I mean, Michonne's gone. Rick's gone. He's their de facto, you know, parent now. Right. So I think that's why he's embracing this as much as he is. Even though, I mean, it's obviously chafing him in some of these scenes, you know. Yeah. I mean... So yeah, as things start, I mean, we see that Carol's operating a baked goods stand. <clears throat> There's this big, you know, Halloween carnival going on. There's a costume contest. Um, Jerry, Jerry's a tiger. Yes, yes, Jerry's a tiger. It's the best. Jerry's a tiger. He's with Ezekiel. They they run like a petting zoo or whatever the hell. Yes. <laughs> and then what's the name of the captain of the Mercer? Storm? Yeah, Mercer. The little girl dressed up as him. Yeah, she oh, yeah. won. She yeah. won the costume condo. That's actually his daughter in real life. Oh, that's cool. Oh, neat. Nice. More, more on the list of cool things about Mercer this week. Yes. <laughs> um, I like that character. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's good. Um, Connie's a reporter, which I thought was cool, because that's, again, everybody's kind of starting to mimic what they were to a degree in their old in their old life. And, and as we, as, as the episode goes on, we see how that's expanded since the last time we saw some of these folks. Um, yeah, but there's like some bad blood between Connie and the, the governor, right? Like Pamela, like she got her, uh, her uncle kicked out of Congress. Yeah. Yeah. She was a reporter beforehand. Reporter. They've met before yeah. and she's done some stuff. And, uh, I mean, for one thing, that just makes Connie cooler. And Kelly's her translator. So it's like, this is fun. I like, I like seeing this stuff. I did. That's not something I saw coming. So it's like, yeah, and, right. it, and it looks like Kelly clearly has like a hearing aid. So again, we're kind of seeing what the benefits of the civilization are, um, for some obviously, and not so much mm-hmm. for others, but, um, but yeah, I mean, again, you get the real feel that they've been there for a while and everybody's starting to kind of fit into to what they're doing. I mean, the, again, nice exchange between Daryl and Connie again, and, and Carol even kind of, you know, jides Daryl that he should, you know, kind of, kind of progress things with, with Connie. Um, and then it's good to see Daryl and Carol back on good terms too, you know, cause the things were yeah, rocky with yeah. them for a while. So yeah. the, the two of them are kind of on, uh, on good terms. Um, one would think that that's because Connie came back. So he has less yeah. to have mad about, but yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, it's, we didn't get an entire like. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like who needs that? I mean, I get it. Like, yes, especially happy. for these two because they're not. Yeah, they're that's yes. They're, they're more with the unspoken than the spoken. Yeah, I'm 
glad that we didn't get bogged down with things like that in this episode. This episode has a fairly brisk pace as far as like yes. things happening. Mm-hmm. It's uh, got I, was a, very, I was grateful for that. It's got to do a lot because you have to be like, here's here's our characters in a whole new setting and we need to establish right. that. Plus Pamela Milton, plus her son, plus Mercer, right. plus the revolution. Like it's like, oh, there's a lot of, right. of uh, table setting going on here. And it's like, okay, we need to, we need to cram this out in the limited span of episodes that we have left. Yeah. Um, Gabriel and Rosita again, they're kind of fitting in. It, it sounds like Gabriel's kind of taking up the religious, um, you know, being a, a preacher of some sort, like Rosita said something about him doing Bible study or something. So, um, obviously Gabriel is performing some sort of spiritual, uh, guidance in, in this place. Um, he's wearing that hat. Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone else keep forgetting that him and Rosita are a couple? Uh, no, no. No. It seems to just escape my mind. Maybe because it's, I've I've lost that. What, what was like the? They had like a three way relationship with her and him and what's his face who died, right? Right. Um, right. The doc. Yeah. The doc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's what it was most interesting to me. Now it's just like, oh yeah, that's right. They're a thing. Like, I just I yeah. just don't really. Also, we just don't see much of Rosita lately. That's the other thing too. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Unless she's it, giving out. Unless she's giving out terrible advice to Judith and then not helping at all. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed with this with this episode, um, is that um, uh, we're we're definitely seeing more um, uh, oh I'm sorry one of the things Rosita actually had stuff to do this episode and 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 felt like she she had kind of a purpose or in and is gaining a purpose which is I think something that that has been kind of on the outs for, for quite some time. Like when she does show up, it's very, it's been very sparse and almost forgettable, you know, when she does show up. So this, it was kind of, it was nice to kind of see her back in the fray, having some purpose. Um, It it does make sense. It totally makes sense for a character to train as a trooper though. She has always been one of the best fighters of the group. Yeah. Yeah. This next scene I thought was really, really, I don't know what, what it was about it, but just like visually and thematically and everything, it was just so. It, it was a little surreal when it when Daryl and Rosita are, but they both leave the building at the same time. They're the, the shots kind of mirrored because you know their doors are on the you know kind of a you know everything is kind of mirrored as far as yeah. like how they get. So you know they walk down the stairs toward you know towards <clears throat> each other and back down. It's like it's almost like synchronized, and it felt. I got the feeling of like monotony. It's like, that's oh, the idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oops, it, you know, it, time to make the donuts, right? Like it's, it's, well, they got to get up and go to work. And for, you know, work is, is, is this training. And it especially was, for these people, like they, you know, yeah. Daryl's not this guy, you know, they're not nine to fivers, you know, that Daryl, Daryl's, Daryl's not going to be like Mr. Incredible at the beginning of the Incredibles. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, anyway, it was just simple. But I thought it was just really well done, and I don't know, just watch it. It was just fascinating, just kind of watching this kind of play out from a distance like that. And Rosita's like, "Oh man, this place—the walls are like paper thin. Um, you know, I can't sleep because you know, anytime any kind of noise ha- happens, I hear it." And that comes again later in the episode. Th- that becomes a, a much bigger deal. But, um, but again, I think it kind of iterates too that this is only temporary for them while they're in training. And then once they become actual soldiers, they're, you know, kind of get an upgrade and, and, and get to move to a better place. So again, kind of layering in a little bit of the, the cast system that we're seeing, you know, where, where some people have it, you know, much better than others. So, um, well, Russ, if you're wanting to get America back to the way it was in the before times, you got to have 
massive wealth inequality and, you know, them crushing the lower class beneath their feet. So everything's going as planned. Sure. Well, yeah, I mean, they make a point Ooh, of saying message. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, they make a point of saying like, hey, doesn't this seem a little too much like the, you know, the old, the old way? Um, but yeah, so I, anyway, I thought that was cool. Um, them, them leaving the the building on their way to work. Um, and then we get this cool little sequence with Ezekiel where, um, you know, uh, he makes him give the leash back to, um, Jerry makes, makes his son give the leash back to Ezekiel. Um, and, uh, the, and the, and the boy, his name's Ezra, he doesn't want to do it. And he's kind of, you know, hesitant. And then Ezekiel kind of looks at him and, um, and, and then gives it back to him. Um, which again, I thought it was cool, but again, it kind of accentuates. Cause I think in that right before that scene, Ezekiel kind of, um, made a motion when he thought nobody was looking like at his neck, you know, where that, where mm-hmm. he has the tumor. Um, and, and Carol kind of caught a glimpse of that again to kind of show that Carol's, you know, always watching and looking, looking, uh, at what's going on. Um, well, speaking of a little bit of foreshadowing, um, may, Gives uh, Judith a, a, a Motorhead album called "Eat the Rich." Yes, yes. Foreshadowing a little bit, which also came from Norman Reedus's personal collection. I read earlier today. That's funny. Um. So yeah, so Carol asks, um, um, ask about it. Asks Ezekiel how he's doing. He says he's doing well. Um, obviously he's faking it, but he's trying, he's, he's, you know, asked how his appointment went and said, Oh, he's do he's doing really good. You know, the doctor, you know, said he's, you know, everything's fine. So, um, you know, of course, Carol doesn't, doesn't buy, uh, uh, anything, but does, Carol doesn't buy any of this at all. Um, and then we get this next again, to just or should she, I mean, <laughs> yes, like, yeah. part of my issue with and, the Commonwealth is that there's like, there's no shading to any of this. Like, it seems so. Like obviously evil. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I don't. Plus, I mean, like she it, knows I, Ezekiel well enough to know. You know. Yeah, like, it's just this whole situation. It's like okay, we'll get more into this yeah. stuff. <laughs> so obviously, Carol knows that he's lying. So she, you know, gets some flowers, goes into the hospital, acts like she's you know there to see somebody. Bumps into, you know, bumps into somebody, takes the keys. Sneaks into the records room to go find Ezekiel's file and, you know, find out what's going on. And as she's doing it, somebody comes in and she tries Tommy. to, yeah, she tries to hide and it's, it's, yeah, it's Yumiko's brother who last time we saw him was a happy baker. <laughs> um, I was going to say, maybe she should just trade jobs with Tommy and everything will be fine. Exactly. Um, she could be a baker. She could be the surgeon. Yeah. That goes well, usually. <laughs> yes. Um, so Isn't yeah, that so a show Doctor Swap. Yeah, Doctor Swap. Um, so obviously, there's you know something going on there, you know, because again, last time we saw him, he was pleading with Yumiko not to say anything about his medical background, and Yumiko um, was making a point like, "Hey, you could do so much more good as a surgeon." You know, obviously, if you know if people are sick and you can help, that'd be good. So clearly, she did something to you know let that cat out of uh, out of the bag. And forced him to go back to a doctor, and you I, could, I we don't see Yumiko this week, by the way, right? And, we do. Um, we do. Yeah, yeah. Where do we see her? At the party? At the party. Yeah. 
can't admit, it can't be that much then, right? Because I'm like, I cannot remember <laughs> Yumiko in this episode. But. She she has a there. Yeah, there's a little bit with her and her brother. Um, yeah. Okay. And, yeah. But okay. It's, and but and then give you yeah, that. and then the rest of it is just her like um, handing people wallets of or uh, envelopes of money while making them sign some co- some sort of that's waiver, right. I'm that's assuming. what. Yeah. That's now <laughs> some NDAs. Yeah, that's the NDA thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but like. We don't get anything as far as like how this happened. Nothing substantive. No, 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 nothing. Yeah, but I. It makes me want because like the last time we were here, like Eugene and people got in some business. I wonder if like maybe Yumiko like sold out her brother to help Eugene and whatnot to get out of their predicament. Could be beyond yeah. just beyond just giving up Alexandria. Maybe there's a little more going on. Yeah. Uh, or they were listening in on her early on and heard her and her brother talking. They put one of those uh, Commonwealth uh, anal listening devices in all of them when they yeah, got into the yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um Why anal? It's just it's more convenient. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she she asks him. She asks Tommy how bad Ezekiel is, and he's like, "Well, it's it's pretty bad." And um, you know, he he's in 147th in line for the surgery that he needs, and and. Carol even says, "Well, how long is that?" And Tommy says, "It's too long. It's like, a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's the, yeah. He's it makes it sound like even if he was like 127th, he would still be too far down the list. So, do you how think, many people live in the Commonwealth now? It's like a few. It's several thousand. Several right? thousand. Like yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not just like small. It's not small, but it's not like. I mean, if it's just several thousand. 140 something people need insert that's a that's a lot it's a lot but it's i mean you gotta you gotta think like there's only presumably like three doctors right three three like and maybe like one that could perform this kind of invasive surgery right so well then it's a good thing that her brother is now a surgeon again it is a good thing and i mean given where things are going we're either gonna get a surprise death or hey he's fine but we'll see but i also think like Sorry, I'm just gonna say. According to the big Googler, there are fifty thousand residents in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like that's that. yeah, that's it's, bigger than I thought. Okay. It's it's a lot. Yeah. And yeah. and you have to imagine at this point in time, like there's old people, there's people that are just you know sick with like cancers yeah. and stuff, right? So yeah. so it's not just like a simple like we'll just brush him up because he has worse cancer than others. Like imagine everybody has you know terrible oh, shit. No, going no, on their I lives. Get it, yeah. There's um also it's a bunch of towns in the United. So I mean. You know, the doctors that are there would probably be spread out. I was just thinking towns. that it was like less than ten thousand people. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I was like, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's so. a good. We got a good. It's a big community. It's a big thing. Like, that's like the whole thing, right? To make it like a real urban sprawling mess right. of people this time around, as opposed to just another, just another community. Like it's like this is the big one. Which, anyway, I'll I'll save it for later. But it makes it makes the another aspect of this universe uh, even more ridiculous but um uh the the one thing that i don't know if you guys picked up on it it's a little more clear later in the episode when tommy's talking to yumiko but tommy doesn't look great like even when carol's talking to him like i'm sure he's overworked and tired but yeah he, he doesn't <laughs> i mean obviously we'll see in a little bit there's more to it but he doesn't look great like you could tell he's not like this is not what he wants to do like he's not happy about his situation i yeah. didn't really pick up on that but now that you say it yeah no that's all the that's that's why i think yubico had to strike some kind of deal to and forced him to do this to help others out that's that's because it's yeah. i don't think he 
I don't think he came willingly to being like, yeah, all right, no. let me go back to the most stressful job possible for this. Yeah. And like I said, when we that's, get to the party, it becomes a little more clear, I think. That said, I mean, Hippocratic Oath. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, right. Right. You're one, you're the, you're the one surgeon. And most surgeons <laughs> kind of have a bit of a God complex, too. So the fact that the surgeon would want to go be a baker is a little maybe off type. But well, um, I learned that watching Scrubs. I I learned it firsthand in the in the recent past. Um, anyway, um, I'm no Superman. <laughs> so we cut to Daryl and Rosita um, continuing their training, and so there's there's a group of them. Uh, Mercer's out there and wants them to team up. What you know, one one you know two two by two, and gives one a knife, and they send them in. Um, in a house with a bunch of zombies in there. And at the very end of the house, there's one that's painted red. And so the goal is to operate as a team, work together, move through the house. And of course, and the one that's successful, you know, can, can move forward. And the ones that fail, obviously are a problem. So we course, also get our, our new euphemism for zombies. Oh, what are they call here? Rotters. Rotters. Oh, yes, yeah. that's yeah. right. So we've got empties. We've had walkers. What else? Rotters. I mean, anything the, zombie, the, right? the dead, the dead, the past, the dead, right? The past. Um, the, <laughs> I would think, I would think after all this time, there would just be one general slang term for them that everyone would use, right? Well, no, no, you got different regions. What was it? I the like whispers called them. Oh, I can't remember, I don't but know. yeah, they had a different name for them too. Yeah. Oh, well, I just wanted to mention that the yeah. rotters. Yeah. So Daryl gets forced to team up with Sebastian, who we know is Pamela's son, um, and a bit of no, a, no, 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 no. Oh no, no, it wasn't Sebastian. I'm sorry. No, you're right. You're right. It was just some random dude. It was a random guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah later. John, John we have a whole comes in that later. comes later. Sorry. Yeah, we have sorry. A, we have a whole segment for Dick Bag. Don't worry about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I do like that when he partners him up and he partners him. He's like, I do better with. Uh, What's what's his what's her last name? <laughs> Espinosa. Espinosa. I do better yeah. with I, I Mercer's look. It's as if he's like, yeah, you'd also do better with shut the fuck up. But I already gave you a partner. Like it's. <laughs> <Yes. just laughs> well, he also makes it seem like like Mercer like Daryl's. It's like okay, you don't realize Mercer knows that. Like obviously Mercer knows that you would yeah. be better teamed up with a person that you've you know been living with for you know some years now. This um, kind of stuff, it's like, I'm so of two minds of it because it's like, well, I like getting a fun zombie action sequence, and this does supply this, but it's also like, I get the game already. Like, Daryl's going to go on his own, and it's going to be tough, right. and then and ultimately, it does not matter whatsoever, and we had a whole sequence for this, but also, he got to, like, kill zombies, and Rosita did a cool thing, too, so it's like, all right, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, Daryl, yeah, I mean, at the end of it, Daryl's partner kind of, while he's dealing with one, the partner goes down, he can't quite get the deal done and right as he's about to go help him mercer shoots the zombie in the head so it doesn't eat eat his partner and and of course that sets daryl off because he feels like you know he he had it under control and mercer's mm-hmm. like not taking any chances so meanwhile meanwhile rosita and her partner they're like you know the fucking dream team over here yeah. knocking things mm-hmm. out and then but the best thing happens in the the show where rosita she breaks the walk yes. leg pulls the walker's leg off of it that and then stabs him in the head awesome. with his own leg. It was the best. Yes. <laughs> kill of the week for sure. Easily. Easily. Zombie kill of the season. And, and she didn't just like take the leg and then just like beat him in the head with it. She takes yeah. the leg and like pushes it through his skull like from the front. <laughs> it was awesome. This show's gross. 
It's kind of hot. Um, so we, so next we find out that princess is running the record store and she's very, um, she's acclimating very well. It seems like she's kind of, um, like the, it seems like the kind of the crazy has been dialed down. She seems pretty well adjusted. She's, you know, got herself, you know, her hair's done. She's, you know, kind of wearing like, you know, normal clothes, although she still does have the crown, but, um, it's it's a very amusing little touch because it's like she doesn't have like the big pink shirt on. She's right. got her hair did. She you know she has a different kind of disposition, but she's still wearing a very specific crown yes. on her head. Yes. It's just really funny. Yes, I well, guess I nobody think forgets her. Mercer her name. have a little thing going on. Yeah, well, I mean they're starting their thing here, but like just the idea that she's her name is princess. She's like yeah, you know I wear a crown. I wear a crown. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny. She, she really makes sense. To Kate. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is where they're, you know, uh, Judith and her new friend are, are looking through records and her friend is like, oh, you should, you know, it, it, she finds the motorhead record and is like, oh, this is, this is the one you should have. And, and she's like, well, I don't have any money. And, and the friend is like, well, don't you have an allowance? And Judith doesn't really say anything. Judith's very uncomfortable. Um, you know, yeah, she didn't she know what this is. She's, she grew up in the dirt. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she's dirt. She's a dirt yeah. person. So. <laughs> Um, the friend pays for all the albums, gives Judith the Motorhead uh, album, and then Judith asks for the receipt. So at first, did you think that was so she could return it and get the money back? At, at some like I didn't know what was going on with Judith. And the I receipt. still don't know what that was about. I thought and it was I, an honest. I think it was honestly like an affectionate thing, as far as like I want a record of this. <laughs> and also, how does she know the word receipt? She's been there for 30 days. She's seen receipts. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying it's like she was born into death and there was no receipt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, Darren, I Judith really is a dirt person. She was, she was born in the, in the bloody prison that her mother died in. In the basement <laughs> boiler room yeah. of the, yeah. So again, Carol does some spying and sees that, uh, um, uh, that, uh, Lance, uh, goes up and says, "Oh, I have something for Pamela." And they look at it uh, and and see that it's like trash wine or whatever. And they literally throw it in the trash. And Lance is just kind of like, like defeated. And Carol's like, "Well, what's up with that?" <laughs> so Carol goes and looks and sees that oh, they threw out the wine because it wasn't any good. She finds out where where it was, and then th- I thought this was pretty clever. She sneaks out, finds the the wine store goes through the old invoices from the wine store as to where they delivered stuff, finds the house where the, the, the they had a good wine delivery. I, I like this. It's just so like involved. It's like yeah. Batman now. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. This detective work to find good wine because he turned the bottle over and it said Trader Joe's on. He's like, I got to do better than this. Yeah. <laughs> no two buck Chuck for Pamela Milton. <laughs> <laughs> She's not the hero we deserve. <laughs> Um, definitely the one we need right now. It was such a fun, like, she looks at invoices. Like, that's such a yes. funny, like, I love that the writers coming up with Carol stuff. We're like, what if she has to go on a wine journey this week? Well, you know, what's funny is I'd, I'd rather it, 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 it's such a throwback because in the, in the modern age, we're used to just like somebody sitting down in front of a computer and pulling up some, um, <clears throat> some crazy, you know, UI or some crazy, you know, um, computer stuff that of course, cause everything is in a database and everything could be all looked up and it all looks like ridiculous. So the fact that we're back to like, people are literally having to comb through file cabinets and paper records and stuff like that. Mm. I, I just, I find it, I find it very, uh, very quaint. 
Um, well, this is all how like Carol is like, it's showing us how Carol, she already has an escape route out of the Commonwealth. Right. right? Of course, right. she's trying to figure out how to work the system to, to her advantage, especially for Ezekiel in this case, but overall, but you know, keeping your ear to the ground, like I said, undercover. And then she, uh, you know, well, I'm uh, not to, you know, sorry, Jerry, not to jump the gun and spoil, but she <laughs> saves the day with Lance. So, I mean, she's gaining favor. She's figuring out how the system works. She has an escape route. Classic Carol. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she gets ambushed down there. <laughs> um, she falls down. She's able to grab a corkscrew and kill the walker that's uh, hiding behind the rack of wine. Um, so, yeah, she's able to, to kind of get her wine and, and then get out of there. Um so next we show up to the, we have the next like training sequence, um, with Mercer. <clears throat> and this is where we get Sebastian, where he shows up. And I love that there, there's some walkers up there and the weapons that Mercer gives them to use. And Daryl opens the bag and it's like, it's Judas, it's Judas sword and it's Daryl's crossbow. And it's like, it's like all their weapons And Daryl's like, are, are you just effing with us? Like, this is like, he's like, super pissed. Cause he, he knows Mercer's just jacking with them. Um, allowing them to. Hey, use Rich, them. did you? Did, I'm sorry, Rich. I'm sorry, Russ. Rich, did you call uh, Sebastian Joffrey? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Earlier? Oh, okay. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Good call. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, Russ. No. No, you're good. I wondered if anybody caught that. <laughs> um. So yeah. So again. So this is kind of like okay. Show us your skills, kind of thing. Um. And. Um. Sebastian has a bit of a, a pro, you know, a, a tough time with one of the zombies. And then Daryl, Daryl just kind of casually goes over, grabs his crossbow and kills it. And Sebastian gets pretty pissed off because it's like, you know, you're, you know, you're not, you, you know, it, pissed off because Daryl's showing him off, showing him up and kind of making a fool out of him, which we know that that doesn't go well when you, when you do that to Sebastian, he tends to uh, squash you like a bug. If you, if you do things like that, cause he's, you know, again, like, like you said, rich Joffrey, he's very, he's very entitled. Um, what, and Mer- what, what gets me is there's no win of this. Like you can't, if you let him just <laughs> if you exactly. let the zombie continue at him, you just get mad at you for right. not helping him sooner. Right. Like, so yes. it's like, it's, it's nothing mm-hmm. good. Nothing good comes out of this guy. No. Uh. Um, and, but Mercer kind of makes a point is like, Hey, sometimes you have to, what does he say? Elevate others to, to elevate yourself kind of thing. Like he, you know, you, some, sometimes you got to kind of take one for the team, so to speak. And so, um, you know, Daryl's used to being a lone, lone wolf. He's used to doing his own thing. And, you know, he, he just, you know, this is a different, he's having to learn a different dynamic of, you know, obviously if he's going to be a part of this army, he's going to, you know, he's going to have to, to be more close knit with, with a group instead of just being able to just run off and do his own thing. Yeah, but he should. He's smart enough to know this already. This is like season eleven. I sure. mean, like this. We shouldn't be sitting here like thinking, "Oh, I hope Daryl's able to get along with people to join an art." Like, come on. <laughs> and even like the setup to get us here, where like Daryl basically fails the previous test, and he's like, "Okay, come with me for a special mission." Also, Rosita, I guess, tags along for some reason. It's just this weird like series of events to get us to the. We need to get connect him to to, to Sebastian. So here's. Here's our execution of that plan, apparently. But Daryl, I mean, Daryl's a suffer no fools kind of guy, though, too. And and I mean, people like that tend to just—that's just their personality. So even though they know better, a lot of times they just—they still can't help but being who they are. So sure, isn't this exactly what happened to Eugene as well? 
like the, he almost got bit and Eugene intervened and saved his life. And he was like all pissed, right? Yeah. And then he oh, punched yeah, well, him in the face. Yeah. 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 Sebastian being a dick bag is consistent. Like that's, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It just seems to be a trend with our crew. Yes. Yeah. They're good people. And they keep fighting JJ people. <laughs> yeah. So after, after Daryl's hard day of work, um, he comes home and again, this is where he, he goes back and uh, Judith and, RJ are there and they have a conversation about whether they want to stay or would not want to stay. And Judith, you know, kind of makes the case for staying. Meanwhile, there's all this crazy noise going on in every apartment that, that they're surrounded by. Um, so again, it's kind of like what Rosita mentioned earlier about the walls being paper thin. Um, and it's just interesting, you know, again, Daryl kind of playing Mr. Mom, right? Like he's, he's having to be the parent for these kids, not, not the role he, you know, thought he would ever, ever be in. And, um, and then Judith asks him if he can have an allow if she can have an allowance, which I thought was funny. Um, How long do you think Daryl would have lasted in the Commonwealth if the kids weren't in the picture? He wouldn't be there to begin with. Five I don't think he would have went. Yeah. Okay, uh, I thought so as well. Yeah, he would have stayed in Alexandria or just gone on his own. Like if everybody else went, he would have just probably just did like he did before, go back in the woods. I mean, because there are yeah. quite a few people here who are missing. Right? Maggie's not here. Aaron's not here. Um, there still yeah. must be at, you know, Hilltop or Alexandria then, right? Lydia. Yeah. Lydia. Yeah. Who are all people that I wouldn't expect to go to Commonwealth, by the way, too. Like, it makes right. a lot of sense. Especially Maggie. She's farm folk. I mean, no big city. Oh, yeah. Right. Aaron, I think Aaron's a little surprising. Daryl went, like, yeah, well. Although, Aaron, I guess he, he has the most, the, big, the biggest tie to Alexandria, right? I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's his town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, he was there. That's where we got Aaron, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. And he's loyal to Maggie, also. True. true. That's true. true. Um, he gave Maggie a hand. Hey, now. But like also, said, I mean, Aaron's, Aaron's also the best read on people, and it's like, did you see Lance? I'm not fucking going with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's yeah, a good point. Well, um, and also, like you said, you know, Daryl went because of the kids, but then Carol went probably because of Daryl. And Ezekiel. Well, probably for, for, for both of them, and so she can find out whatever dirt she can on the Commonwealth and know what they're yeah. getting into. Yeah. So This is a new I, challenge for Carol, so. But she can make some cookies. Yes. Um... So yeah, so then again, Carol comes through for Lance, right? She brings him a, a a nice selection of wine, and Lance automatically knows, like, okay, what's your deal? What do you what do you want? And she even says, okay, I have a friend. He needs surgery. I I want him bumped up the list. And Lance is like, I don't know. That's a that's a pretty big ask. Like, you know, I don't know if we can do that, but it makes a good faith effort. And and, and to his credit, like Lance sees this, even though he doesn't like, he isn't super excited to Carol, but he sees this as a huge win. Like, holy crap. Like I'm going to be able to, to, to get in good with Pamela because I got, you know, this, this, you know, better selection of wine, which again, as we get later in the episode and find out what happens, like it, it has a different, uh, different effect. Um, so yeah, we get to this party, um, and we find out that Magna's a waitress, um, or server, I guess, you know, at, at, uh, at, at this facility, um, cause she used to be a waitress in, in you know, the before times. Um, and she serves, she happens to serve Yumiko and her brother, which again, kind of highlighting the class warfare, right? Like here, Magna and Yumiko were pretty much, you know, 
obviously we're, we're you know equals and, and and involved and and now all of a sudden Magna's you know kind of at the bottom rung of society and Yumiko is at you know very clearly at the top. So um, th- this is where it, it, I it, it became more apparent to me that Tommy's not happy with what's going on because he sucks down that drink. Um, and then he, I forget, he makes some comment about like, well, if, you know, if I'm at a party, I might as well take advantage of it. And he kind of like sloppily walks over to somebody else that has a drink tray and picks up a drink and just like chugs down that champagne as well. So, um, so clearly Tommy's either, you know, has, has a, has a drinking problem or, um, no, yeah, he's not, and, he's and again, not willing to keep up appearances or right, bullshit. Right. Yeah. I think at this point he's like, well, the best thing that could happen to me is they could just, you know, fire me from being a doctor and maybe I can go back to doing what I was doing. But, um, but yeah, again, he, he doesn't look well, he's not acting well. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with that. Um, Mercer's a bit of a celebrity. So it's kind of funny as he walks up to, you know, they have their own kind of version of the red carpet going on outside, um, you know, with the guest list, um, Princess makes her move, you know. Wait, 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 back up, back up, because it's it's great. First, Lance walks up. Oh, yes. And Lance walks in, and people start cheering, and Lance turns around like, oh, look, everybody's celebrating that I'm here. And then they start yelling, Mercer, Mer- Mercer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Mercer yeah. walks in, and the camera's right between his legs, bottom of the camera. So he's walking in, looking cool in his fucking blue suit. And <laughs> like, Mercer. And Lance is like, all right. He walks away sad <laughs> while Mercer comes in. He's like, I don't even care. Like, he's yeah. too cool for all this. <laughs> yes. He doesn't even bother with all this Yeah, nonsense. he doesn't care. I'm a security yeah. guard. Come on, guys. <laughs> And it's funny because yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was I was going to say Aaron mentioned last week that it was uh, directed by John Emile, and this one was as well, uh, yeah. film director, yeah. you know, from the core and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, you can tell, like you mentioned before, the the scene with uh, Rosita and Daryl, yep. uh, the opposite sides of the building, things yep. like that. Yeah, there's some there's some touches going on here that I'm appreciating. Yeah, for sure. yeah agreed. it was nice. Agreed. It was cool. Um, but yeah, so Princess kind of shoots her shot here, and then. Mercer kind of kind of goes along with it. He lets her, you know, opens the opens the rope and lets her come through. And this is where it's awesome because she's walking right beside him, and they go up, and he's like, uh, "Name," and then Mercer's like, "She's with me." Yeah, and, and then he goes, <laughs> and then the dude goes, "We have a dress code." And what does he do? He grabs Princess's arm and puts it under his arm and just keeps uh-huh. on walking. <laughs> and I was like, "That is perfect." What are they going to do? Call security? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, her attire is me, jackass. Like, I am, uh, you know, she is wearing me. So, um, I just I just thought that was really cool. You just kinda, yeah, this, you this, this is good stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where yeah. this is not new to, this is not new, like, comic-wise. There's stuff there that's similar to this, but this is the kind of thing where the show could expand on that a bit, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Lance, you know, makes a point of talking about the wine that he got, and Pamela's like, oh, yeah. You know, yeah, it was fine, whatever. Like, you know, Lance thinking he, you know, f- was f- was able to, you know, g- get this thing done and and do all this, and she doesn't even care. Like, it's whatever Lance was trying to do to kind of get in her good graces or to do whatever. She's she's blown him off. So he's kind of been slighted twice by her in this episode, which I think is going to play into maybe the bigger picture of what's going on around here, as well as what his plan for Carol may be, or what Carol's, you know, what what he has going on with Carol, because obviously there's going to be some tension uh, brewing with between Lance and Pamela. Clearly Um, we find out that Pamela's 
father was the president at one point. Um, you know, I guess, but you know, but before everything fell, he he was the president, and um, he was the founder of this um, settlement. You know, I guess when it all went to hell, he uh, he was here and and tried to bring it up. So they even have like a she commissioned somebody to do a painting um, of of her father. You know, as kind of like a homage to to what he did, um, and then. We find out that one of the other servers named Tyler is the is the soldier from the you know kind of la- the last part of the, the season. Mm-hmm. When, or, no, that was the, the, the bonus episodes. Up. It was the bo- yeah the yeah. last part. You're right, the last yeah. part of the season. Yeah, the, the yeah. episode right. Splinter, where, uh, where Princess got a, got a hold of him. Right. <laughs> yep. And you know, roughed him up to make it look good, but obviously he you know he took the blame for what happened. He got demoted. So he's no longer a soldier. He's been demoted to a server. Um, he takes a hostage, which is um, Pamela's assistant, and calls her out for what's going on, and just kind of is is shining a light on the inequality and the inequity that that uh, that's going on, and that this is all a bunch of bullshit. Like it's you know that that you know everybody here is doing well, but you know there's a bunch of people out there that are you know living on the bottom bottom rungs, and so he has a knife. He stabs. Well- I was going to say that his line here is like, uh, you know, I, I thought it was uh, pre. It shows how, like, uh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm loyal to the Commonwealth. These people are because he's like, you know, I would have died for this place. He yells at her and he yeah. says, "What's my name?" And yeah. she can't tell him what his name is. And it's like it just speaks to how bought in these people are in the Commonwealth to this idea, you know. But bought in for the people that. We're you know the haves, right? Where, you know, right. They got everything right. they want, right. right? He's a guy that right. had everything he want, and then they you know took everything away from him and his right. family. To be fair, <laughs> but he screwed up. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of like it's starting to signal like the whole class divide going on as far as right. the Commonwealth goes, which is you know it's an interesting theme as far as well. <laughs> we're in a place that has actual classes again, so and like we get more of that later with Magna, so we'll get there. Yeah, so um, obviously this gets a little tense here. Um, he threatens to, to to slit the lady's throat. They're able to kind of talk him off the ledge. I mean, even Mercer's even carrying a gun, like even you know in his yeah, uh, Mercer's armed and ready. Daryl's trying to make a move. Yeah, yeah. Tyler's holding the knife, and he's like, "Why don't I? I got these scars." And it's like that's a weird reference right now. And they, <laughs> they go after him. Um, yeah, so he he ducks out the back. Of course, Daryl is going around after him. He ends up catching up with him, and um, you know the guy tries to slit his own throat. Like he realizes he, he, he threatens to. He threatens yeah, he to threatens to. Throat, yeah. um, and like Daryl's like, no, you know, don't you know, give me the knife? Don't don't do this. Um, and then he cuffs him up and goes to take him in. And as he's coming out out of the place, Sebastian rolls up, and he's like, I, I forget what the exact exchange was, but Daryl ends up. He says, no, I didn't catch him. You did. You 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 take him in. And so Daryl lets him take the credit for it. <clears throat> and so obviously Sebastian's able to kind of run him back through the the party so everybody can see, you know, look at me, look at me. And you could tell Mercer looks at Daryl and, and back at him and Mercer knows what happened. Like he knows that that that, you know, Daryl's the one that caught him, but he again to kind of play off his lesson that he tried to teach him earlier, it's kind of like it's a win win for Daryl, right? Because he he gets Sebastian kind of off his back. He 
gets in good with Mercer because he feels like, okay, now I could show Mercer I'm, I'm a team player and I listen to what he, what he said. Um, and, and that's all. So meanwhile, <clears throat> there's stuff going on at the party and it looks like there's some payola going on. There's like a lot of, there's like people that were called out explicitly that are getting like an envelope with cash and, and, uh, Yumiko has like a document for them to sign. So, um, it almost seems like the people at this party are, you know, again, it's, it's, there's some quid pro quo going, going on here. Um, and obviously an NDA that, that they're forcing him, forcing these people to sign to, to keep it under wraps. Um, Which I can understand. I mean, you know, in a situation like this, you don't want to cause panic to a town that, you know, relies on a certain sense of understanding. I mean, transparency is great too, but it's, right. I get, I get the logic again, this place is evil. So, I mean, that's the other thing. Right. <laughs> it's like, so it's, so I can only take so much of, you know, how they have to go about their business. But if you're going to try to contain 50,000 people with a confidence that people are in control and that we have everything, you know, covered, I would get why you would need to insist on something like this. Yeah. It's, it's just a shitty situation. Yeah. Um, so Carol goes to Lance and offers more, offers him more, you know, quote unquote help. Um, and so clearly there's, there's something going on, <clears throat> you know, there. So Carol's kind of, Carol's act, you know, just going to be Lance's little like operative, right? Like his, her, her, his little, uh, covert operative to, to help with going on. And, and again, I, I think, just based on what was going on with Pamela and it's clear, it's been clear from the get go that Lance kind of has his own agenda for what he wants with things. So, um, so there's that, um, it makes me wonder what her, what the end game is for her. It's like, I don't yeah. like, would she want to take this entire place down? I don't think that'd be very constructive. If her, if she gets stuff to Lance, it would likely be like information about the rebels that he can pass on to Lance, to, to Pamela, right? That, Cause that would, that would put her, him and her good graces for sure. But then it's like, well, do you want to take out the rebels or like, what do you, what do you, what does she want in all of this? And obviously we have episodes to go to figure this out, but I'm just she curious. Could keep, you know, she could keep doing fetch quests. Yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like she I mean, this episode. I mean, I think she's like kind of, she's there as long as it's useful for her. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, and, it, the minute it no longer becomes useful for her to be there, she's gone, I yeah. think. And clearly she's trying to do as much as she can to get Ezekiel up the list, right? So it's that like, too, yes. okay, if what she did isn't quite enough, then Carol's willing to do more. Like, okay, well, you know, if, if, and who knows, maybe Lance is going to lead her along. It's like, well, I got him up to 150, but you know, he's still down the list. So, you know, got, you know, Carol does more and then maybe he goes up to one, you know, again, you know, kind of play that, play that, you know, carrot and the stick kind of thing going on. So, um, obviously that, that's a big part of it. Um, that's, I mean, he's probably the main thing keeping her there. I would think so. Yeah. Um, Mercer has, um, Rosita go and talk to uh, Magna and Pumper for info because he you know again knows there's a bit of a relationship, um, which which she does. So Rosita goes in there and tries to talk to Magna and she's like, and then Magna starts to get a little suspicious of Rosita, and she's like, look, I didn't talk to this dude. Like I, you know, I don't know. Like you know, we I, I barely know him. We we just kind of work here. But but even Magna kind of. Um, you know, mentions like, you know, Hey, it ain't great for me. Like, you, you know, this, this isn't great. You know w- what I'm doing in my position here. Um, and then, and then we get Ezekiel going to Carol's place for a visit and, um, he brings a box with Henry's stuff in it. 
um, and insists that she keep it. And she's like, no, you keep it. And again, I think this is Ezekiel understanding where his position is and where he's at with what's left of his life. And obviously he's, I took it as he's he's coming there to give Carol this stuff of Henry's because he knows he's probably not going to be around for very much longer. And well, he also gave away the tiger leash earlier. Right. Yeah, he gave that to, to Jerry's son. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ezekiel clearly knows he, he's at, you know, towards the end. Um, you know, obviously he doesn't know that Carol's scheming to uh, to, to make that not happen. Um, then we get a jump. Then it says day 33. Um, and it's immediately Daryl in his uniform, which we kind of saw at the end of last episode that he would eventually get here. Um, Judith is in this very nice looking dress and she's, you know, her hair's, you know, kind of, you know, this is, this is the nicest we've probably ever seen Judith, Judith look, you know, cause she's usually, you <laughs> yeah, know, just, just a mess. Yeah. Um, um, and Daryl has a surprise for, her. he got her a record player. Um, and she pulls out the album, the motorhead album and the song she, uh, of course places eat the rich um mm-hmm. and at this moment rest, rest in power lemmy yeah 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 indeed ace of spades yeah by the way the more motorhead underscored music of walking dead the better they, it's need, the to kind like, of, mm-hmm. they need this every episode something like this it's the kind of thing where this is the Walking Dead beating you over the head with the theme, but at the same yes. time, it's like, well, it's a Motorhead song. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Sugar, sugarcoating your message. Yeah. Um. So if, you know they're on a raid. They they hit one of the houses. Rosita's. You know, again, she's in uniform as well. She ends up finding at the back of of a closet that there's a secret room. She goes in there, and there's all this crazy propaganda stuff out there. It's it's um you know, print, you know, they're screen printing all kinds of, of resistance related stuff, um, you know, there and Rosita pulls off her helmet and she looks very conflicted, um, about what to do. So as I was writing all these notes and doing all this, the one part I I rolled back to, to check was I didn't, you know, in, in trying to sum up my notes and everything, I wasn't clear to me if Rosita made it out of the house and told them, Hey, this stuff is back there or told them like, no, I didn't find anything. Um, and it, it just ends with her in that room, just looking conflicted. And that's the end of the episode. So it, again, it kind of leaves it open to, okay, does, does Rosita say something or does she not say, so, say, say anything? I didn't get a look of conf- confliction in her face. I thought it was more confusion. Oh, I didn't think she was confused at all. She knows what's going on. Um, especially after talking to Magna, like she knows that there's, there's something going on in this place. There's something not right. There's people that are unhappy and there's obviously some kind of class system. Um, I think she's conflicted as to whether like she should, you know, which side of the fence she's on. Oh, I get it. Okay. And there we are. That's the end of, of the episode. Um, I, I like this uh, this quite a bit. I'll, I'll give uh, my busters first. I'll go first. I'll, I'm going to give this again. And I gave last week's a four and a half. I'm going to give this week at a four and a half. Um, again, I think another solid uh, uh, episode uh, on the directing side, on the editing side. You know, given the number of stories that we're juggling, I never felt like it was kind of like frenetic. I know sometimes when they do these storylines, they can they can put too many edits in and they try and chop up the the story segments into smaller pieces and it makes it kind of tougher to follow. Um, I felt like the, the way they broke it up was good. 
Um, I liked kind of getting a glimpse of where everybody's at in, in this place. And so I, again, I just thought it was another, another solid episode for me. So four, four and a half busters, uh, Jim, how many, how many busters do you give this episode? I would say four. It, w- it was good. I'm glad we're seeing more, uh, of the, like what actually the Commonwealth consists of on like the, you know, day-to-day level on the, you know, the surface level there as uh, you know, before we only kind of heard it referred to like on, you know, world beyond and thing like things like that bits and pieces to actually like be in there is, is interesting. Um, and I think it sets up so much. There was a lot of table table setting on this episode, a lot of, you know, different new plot threads that are, you know, weaving in and out. And I thought that was interesting too. It's, uh, it's definitely sucking me in, uh, to find out what happens to our characters in this situation. So yeah, I give it a solid four. Excellent. Rich. Yeah, I was going to go with a solid four as well, all the way up until the end of the episode. And then when I get to hear the somber but yet beautiful tones of Lemmy's voice as they're rating that thing, I'm just like, it's a four and a half. It's a four and a half. Nice. Aaron? I'm at a four as well. Um, a little higher than when I initially watched it. It's not like I was down. I was just more of like, I get what this episode's doing. We're setting up stuff for later on, and that's important. But there is a lot of good character stuff here, especially as we kind of dissected it this week, uh, that I appreciated. Uh, the Mercer stuff I particularly really enjoy because I do. I, I also like that character, both in the comics and what they've done with him so far, and I look forward to seeing more of what's going to come of that. I'm certainly curious as far as varying motivations of a lot of these people here. But the idea that I'm again, intrigued to see what's going to come next is always a good sign. As far as I'm concerned, the walking dead, the writing hasn't failed me so far. So I have no reason to be any more down on it. Um, you know, little quirks here and there that we pointed out. I think it's just a solid episode of, you know, people being the people. Uh, so yeah, four busters. Cool. All right. That's what we thought. Those are our busters. What, uh, what did the face group uh, people have to say, Mr. Dietz. The face group. Yes, the face the, group. The face group. From the face place. Over on triple dub dot facebook dot com slash group slash wdtv podcast is the place. Our uh, listeners did not enjoy this one as much as we did, guys. Hmm, I wow. <laughs> oh, they're quite, quite, quite the contrary. Uh, Mike Jones, two wine snobs out of five. <laughs> I'm very interested in Mercer and where his story goes. I think he will end up being a good guy. Other than Mercer, there wasn't much to like. Princess is one of my favorites, but she's been reduced to nothing. All the Commonwealth suits are giant douche canoes that I just want to die. All of our usual crews seem really out of place with nothing to do. So Carol had cookies and made a wine run. <laughs> I felt it was just an hour of busybodies and nothing major happened. They're ending the show, but nothing is making sense to me right now. I feel some lame collapse of the Commonwealth coming on so that Daryl and Carol's show can commence. Uh, Richard Sherrington, one that was 45 minutes of my life I'll never get back out of five. Ouch. Wow. One word. One word. Lame. Brent Jones, one what the hell was that out of five? I wasn't caught up until the new, on the newest season until now and literally watched the previous episode about four hours before this one aired. And about halfway through this episode, I went back and watched the ending of the last one to make sure I didn't miss an episode. What the hell was this? It feels like all of this is so rushed. They skip over the entire should we go or should we stay debates, the entire month or whatever journey from D.C. to Toledo. It took me nine hours to drive from Dayton to D.C., so I imagine on foot that's a month or more. This was terrible. Um, 
I'll admit I'm one, I was one of the harshest critics of the arrival of Alexandria. That time in the show sucked, but at least we saw what happened, the weird adjustments they made, the evolution of them laying their guard down. Here, we skip everything and fast forward to everyone already in progress. Maybe we get an episode that fills in the gaps. We clearly don't need an entire journey in two weeks of should we stay or should we go. But to skip from the arrival of Star Wars troops in Alexandria to everyone in new roles, terrible storytelling in my opinion. Everyone in town would be shocked at that, and no way Daryl or Carol trusts us. Why was Daryl's apartment so loud? Where is it? Where are Aaron and Maggie? We know Hilltop, but why? Super annoying. Fair. And, and Kevin Barry, three boys save one bottle for yourself out of five. I thought it was a decent episode of world building and laying the groundwork for the class war that will be the theme for part two. Thanks, everybody, for chiming in. I really appreciate that. And like I said, if you, too, would like to let us know what you think of each episode as we go, uh, facebook.com slash group slash WDTV podcast. Join us. No Kempai this week? No, I don't see anything from Yukiyoshi. He did. He liked it, but he did not comment. Uh, well, <laughs> wow, we haven't been that out of whack with the listeners in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I think all of those points are fair though. It's just Yeah, I mean we're I'm, looking at it from a different angle. Yeah, I mean yeah, there's not Oh I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jim. I was just gonna say, you know, it's it's I mean I understand where they're coming from. Like like Rich said there it's not like an invalid point or something that's just like you could argue over, but um yeah, different different perspective for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean you know, people's opinion are, are their opinion. You know, I, I'm not going to say your opinion's wrong. That's all good. It's but, all good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did, I guess just to me, I just, the, the journey part of it is less interesting. You know, I, my guess is when we get back to the main group, um, you know, the Maggie and the Aaron, that part of that story is probably going to be the, okay, this is them leaving. You know, this is why we decided to stay and this is them leaving like that argument side of it. I'm, I imagine we'll probably see it a later in a later episode, just a just a guess. So, and I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is true or not, but if you were to go back into the walking dead TV podcast archives, I'm sure there are times where there was the traveling and all that. And we were saying, could they speed this up please? So, yeah. Oh, I guarantee this. I mean, this, yeah. this, yeah. is not a, this is not a mystery yeah. to me as far as what we've been doing on the show. And I, I it's I mean, only how long are they on the road to terminus? Oh my god! Oh yeah, oh, every, every half a season. That's it. I, I recall being quite positive on that because I liked the difference that it was making as far as how make, we can mix the show up. Uh, right. But, we're, but it does. It amuses me the idea that it's like, well, it's like the same. It's the same point, like Game of Thrones, where they're like, okay, we can stop with the traveling and just start with the let's get to places where we need to go type aspect of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that's the end of this episode, Mister Dietz. Where can people find you on the internet? Every week on Nothing's On at the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com or Alexa or uh, iTunes, wherever your finer podcasts are sold. It's uh, me and Donnie and Daryl, Dr. Current, who uh, sometimes is on this show, uh, going over a week's worth of entertainment news in our own knuckleheaded and silly way. And uh, the brand of Peter Show.com, uh, we're about to wrap up the second season of Space 1999. Uh, we put the penultimate episode up this week, uh, just today. Um, and there's only one episode left of the second season. We've been going episode by episode, and uh, it's been a wild ride, and it's been a lot of fun. Uh, this week's episode, uh, Commander Koenig joins Devo and gets driven insane by a spotlight. It's great. 
So check that out at thebrandedpetershow.com. Excellent. Mr. North? Uh, you can find me doing all the things that I do over on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do went up over there. But I write movie reviews as well as my Walking Dead reviews at We Live Entertainment. I do Blu-ray and Criterion reviews over on Why So Blue. I occasionally get some variety stuff going. And I am on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. I also host a podcast called Out Now with Aaron and Abe where we talk about the weekly movie releases. This week we have The Batman uh, coming up, which should be an awful lot of fun to talk about. And we do commentary tracks every month as well. So you can find Out Now with Aaron and Abe anywhere you can find podcasts. Excellent. And you can stick right here to hhwlod.com for, for this here podcast for me. Um, <clears throat> and over at the Taylor Network of Podcasts um, where we do Gotham by Geeks every week and talk about cool Batman stuff. Uh, there's a movie coming out here soon, so I imagine, uh, I know not the next episode we're recording, but the one after that, I'm sure, will be all about The Batman. Um, so definitely tune in over there to get our take on on the movie. Um, not familiar. <clears throat> yes. Not, not familiar. Never heard of him. Never heard of it. He's a crazy guy, dresses up. People uh, carry a baseball stuff, so. bat or something? Yeah, yeah. No, he oh, okay. he dresses up as Mickey Mantle at nights. Has, oh, okay. has a cool car. Yeah, sweet. Lives in a cave. Mm. Awesome. The car is Aaron's favorite part of it. It's a cool car. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I read your review. Yeah, I was saying it's a cool car. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, and uh, so until next time, until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth. Eat the rich. Ha <laughs> ha.